Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I've got an interview with Dr. Bobby Maybe. And this is kind of a, um, uh, a trend that I have going. I'm bringing on guests uh, that have been on in the past to get some updates, uh, really hand-selecting some that can really provide a lot of value. And this episode is going to be with Dr. Bobby Maybe. And it's part of the support collaborative that we're doing. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast where... Uh, him, myself, Dr. Jay Greenstein, Dr. Mark King, who you heard on uh, a previous episode a couple weeks ago, Dr. Ray Foxworth, Dr. Brandon Steele of Cairo Up, and we're we're doing um, as much as we can as a group here to help chiropractors moving forward, uh, not the profession moving forward. A lot of people are doing that already and doing great things, and organizations are doing great things, but more of like the individual chiropractor, the practice, you know. Uh, the, the business owner, the associate, the student coming out. We're really trying to uh, discuss the nuances of, of what this all means as far as moving forward and uh, having optimal situations for young docs coming out, uh, associates, doctors that have been around for a while with an exit strategy, group practices, like really like it's going to be an undertaking, but we want to make this a profession where there's a lot of great opportunity. And, uh, you know, opportunity can be defined as many things, but financially fair, obviously a great learning environment, uh, good structures, right? Um, and, and that's what we kind of talk about actually in this episode is the independent contractor, the ever fleeting topic of being an independent contractor or having an independent contractor because uh, unfortunately it's been done wrong. Uh, for many years, sometimes nefariously and sometimes just uh, ignorance, not really knowing and not understanding what it means to have an independent contractor or to be an independent contractor. And uh, Dr. Maybe and I are going to break that down and start that discussion because I think it's a it can be a really good setup, but unfortunately, many times it's a it's just uh, set up completely wrong and. Uh, you know, it's not a good good scenario. So we're going to dive into that. Uh, before we do, just a couple updates. Uh, one is the book, right? You know, I'll be talking about the book, Doing It Right, Modern Chiropractic Marketing that I wrote and, and Parker University is publishing. It is coming out. It's going to be a first-class experience. It's a book and a workbook, and it's uh, fully designed uh, with this whole COVID-19 thing, the print shops. It's been kind of a mess, a lot of furloughs there, and getting uh, feedback from them, getting pricing back from them, the ability to actually print in mass. Uh, but we are uh, going to be doing a pre-sale in early July, and the book uh, is slated to come out towards the uh, end of July. And, and so it is happening. We're really excited. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those books where you'll be able to read it um, a lot of applicable things to the chiropractic practice, probably physical therapy practice as well. 
Um, and you're going to really understand marketing and then you're going to be able to apply it. And that's what the workbook is. It's going to have uh, nine different exercises in there to where you can actually apply the concepts to your practice. Okay. So uh, keep a lookout for that. You, you'll, if you listen to this show, you'll hear plenty of it in the next uh, few weeks or so, but uh, that is coming out. Okay. Uh, the next thing is, is uh, we do have a MPI <coughs> virtual summit coming out and that's going to be July 10th and 11th. And this is going to be exciting. You know, we did one, this is the second annual one. We did one back last year in October and it went amazingly. And that one was a little combination of a few clinical presentations and a few marketing and business presentations. Uh, this one's going to be all clinical, you know, obviously it's no secret that, um, we haven't been able to do live workshops for the last few months in any, uh, realm really. And so MPI is no different. They have not been able to do their, uh, live workshops. So a lot of people have missed out on great information. And so we decided to put together a clinical experience virtually. And, and, you know, how do you do that? Right? So, uh, what we decided to do is we gathered up all of the MPI instructors and some of their ancillary instructors, and we decided to like, you know, let's pick a topic, a condition, right? Uh, or let's pick a body part and shoot a video, 30, 45 minutes, uh, give or take on what you do to assess it, examine it, treat it, you know, just the, the whole nuts to bolts, right? And and so we've got a lot of good topics and, and presenters. And I'm just going to run right through this list. It's going to be a two-day summit, and there'll be a morning session and afternoon session for each day. And then it's free to watch. There will be some upgrades, which I'll, I'll detail. Uh, but morning session one, I'm going to have an intro video. So I'm not going to be doing anything uh, clinical, but really just doing an intro to, this, to the summit. Then we're going to have Dr. Mark King talking about patellofemoral dysfunction and how he assesses and treats that. Then we're gonna have Dr. Richard Ohm doing lumbar instability and low-tech rehab. Uh, then the afternoon session is gonna be Dr. Corey Campbell talking about evaluating and treating the hip. Then we're gonna have pediatrics and pregnancy care with Dr. Erica Menerick. And we'll wrap up that afternoon with Dr. Terry Elder going over lumbar spine and COC1 palpation and adjustments. He actually sent his in already. Uh, it's really nice. He, he just does a great job of providing uh, good educational value through video. Just a really, really good setup. And then on the next day, Saturday, Jul July 11th, the morning session is going to be uh, evaluating and treating the wrist with Dr. Torben Jensen. Then we're going to have the TMD, so temporomandibular disorders and treatment with Dr. Brett Winchester. And then we're going to have how excess refined calories to generate musculoskeletal tissues with Dr. David Seaman. And that one won't necessarily be like hands-on clinical, but it obviously is clinical. And it plays a big part in the in MSK stuff that we treat. And sometimes we overlook that. So he always provides a ton of great information. So if you can have that information and conversations with your patients uh, when they're dealing with these MSKs, it can really be helpful. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up that Saturday in the afternoon. We're going to have gait analysis with Dr. Tom Mashad. If you've done anything with foot and ankle, this is the guy. I mean, he's written the book on it. And so he's going to be doing a, a full presentation on gait analysis. We're going to have evaluation and treatment of Achilles tendinopathy with Sarah Maki. And then lastly, evaluating and treating the shoulder with Jason Holm. And so we're going to have 12 presentations, 
uh, clinical. You're going to learn a lot. Like we, you know, we told all of them to really bring the thunder uh, on their videos, and so it's going to be applicable to your practice. And, and I have no doubts that you're going to enjoy uh, the material. And so that is going to be free when you register. Okay, and you can go to uh, bitly bit.ly slash MPI Virtual Summit. And I'll have that in the show notes as well, but that's bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash M-P-I, Virtual Summit. It's free to watch those um, during those days. And how it works is like that Friday morning, those three presentations are only available that morning. And then in the afternoon, the ones in the afternoon are only available then. And you can watch those for free by registering. Now, if you want to have access to all this, which is just amazing material and have it lifetime at your leisure and watch it whenever uh, there is an upgrade and and the first upgrade is $79 and you get the lifetime access but you also get 30% off of RRS education subscription that's what Dr. Sean Thistle great great product he has there you're going to get a CSA four pack of presentations so we're going to really put together nice uh, pack of four great lessons for you to help grow your practice. It'll be a combination of marketing and business. And then you're also going to get, um, it's a condensed case management for chiropractors booklet from MPI. They've put together a really nice uh, PDF with information. It's just chock full of great info and you'll get that as well. And so that's a $79 upgrade. Um, then there's the $179 upgrade, which has all of what I just mentioned. Okay. So lifetime access and all those other things. Uh, then you're also going to get my book, Doing It Right, Modern Chiropractic Marketing Book. You're also going to get six months of mentorship with Dr. Corey Campbell. And that's going to be some Zoom calls and information and really be able to pick his brain for six months, which is, I mean, well worth more than $179 in itself. You're going to get the MPI Spine video. So they sell videos on their website, and you're going to get this one included. You'll get the 2019 MPI Virtual Summit information. So if you missed back October, you'll get that. You'll also get um, a raffle. So there's going to be some raffles for a bunch of different things like an FTCA event, live or virtual. You're going to get six month if you win the raffle, a six-month subscription to Cairo Up. And there's uh, some other, you know, Parker. You can either pick Parker Vegas or, or Parker um, in Dallas in October, including the raffle as well. So there's a lot of bonuses with that, and that's the 179. So check that out. That's at MPI Virtual Summit. That's bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y, MPI Virtual Summit. And here is my interview with Dr. Bobby Maybe. All right. Welcome to the show, Bobby. This is not your first, not your last time. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we're going to have a, a fun conversation about independent contractor. A lot of issues with this, a lot of uh, uncertainties, a lot of questions, a lot of uh, shenanigans going around on it. So let's, uh, let's dive into that. I am ready when you are. You start. I'm, I'm ready. An open book with lots of experience on this topic. So I was going to say, I wanted to start with, with the uh, experience part of it. What was your experience with this situation? A couple different scenarios uh, in my career, early on in my career, but most recently, I would say not, uh, not unlike what other people have experienced when they've gone through this in, independent contractor scenario. Um, it typically looks like a a percentage deal, like a 50-50 split, whatnot, of revenue that comes in. And then what you see is it's not truly an independent contractor relationship. However, it's defined by the IRS or defined by state and local business laws uh, because the, the 
I guess you want to call them an employer. Yeah. Uh, they start dictating your hours. Um, basically what it comes down to is uh, if you look at all the things that would qualify you as an independent contractor, they're all usually violated on some level for the clinic owner to have the ability to, to have you as an employee and treat you as an employee while at the same time, not having to pay their liabilities such as um, um, uh, uh, employment tax and FICA and Medicare and, and all these other things that they're responsible for paying for, uh, they get away with that. And then you, uh, you eat that as the independent contractor in your self-employment tax. And I want to touch on that real quick. Cause that, that's one thing that I think a lot of docs that don't own a practice or haven't, um, don't do not get like when I, if I write a thousand dollar check to my W2 associate, let's just say it's a thousand dollars for equal math. He's paying, you know, federal income tax, potentially state income tax, depending on what state you're on. But then there's also, like you said, Social Security, Medicare, your, your FICA. I, as the owner, am also matching that Medicare, Social Security, FICA. So that $1,000, it could be more like costing me $1,100, right? Right. And it doesn't sound like a lot, 100 bucks on 1000 but when you, if you have a payroll of $20,000 a month, you can tell it could be a $2,000 a month extra cost, right? Yeah. It's a wily business move for the owner. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are almost put in that position. Here's the irony. And we've talked about this a lot, a lot of times mm-hmm. is they're almost put in that position because it's really the only way that they can find themselves having somebody on their staff Correct. because it's too yeah. expensive to employ them. And then we get in the conversation where we tell you and I tell each other, well, you, you can't afford an employee yet. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. You're not properly employing them. Uh, other simple math that I try to tell, uh, I guess we can call them associates because they, they, they are, they've been told they're independent contractors and they think they are, but they're really associates employees yeah. is the simple math of, okay, so you, you grossed a hunt. So we'll just do a 50, 50 split. We'll use easy numbers, a hundred thousand dollars you grossed over the year, but due to the 50, 50 split, you, you took home 50,000. Yeah. And then the irony of that is, when the the associate takes that fifty thousand and then they take that to their accountant or they do their taxes, they're like, "Look, I made fifty thousand dollars this year." It's like, "No, you didn't. You made a hundred thousand dollars, and that's not that's going unreported in taxes. It it, it just disappears. It it goes into thin air. Like, where did that money go? Mm-hmm. And if you ever thought as an associate that you were paying fifty thousand dollars a year in rent." which is essentially what you're doing if you want to call yourself an independent contractor mm-hmm. and you're splitting at 50-50, you paid uh, $50,000 in rent, uh, I think you would be motivated to not do that anymore. That's a painful tax to pay. Yeah. That's on a good top point. of the taxes you have to pay. Correct. That's a good point. It's like you earned 100000 not the fifty, and that's a big, big uh, difference. And good, good luck getting that employer or that business owner to give you credit for that in your 1099, that it was 100000 and not fifty. They usually write the fifty because that's what they wrote a check to you for. Exactly. So that's something to look out for as well. Now, you, you brought it up earlier, and I want to get into that a bit. And that was the IRS, the state, federal... So the IRS obviously has their interest in this for what we just talked about, and that's going to be your federal. Now, is the the independent contractor setup is going to be state by state, correct? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So each state and, and now it's sort of the way that gig law, gig worker laws are kind of unfolding. So even yep. for the locum tenens out there, it's different for each state, how those things unfold. Mm -hmm. But specifically for the IRS, the statement is people such as doctors, dentists, veterinarians, lawyers, accountants, contractors, and so on and so forth, um, where they offer services to the general public are generally considered independent contractors however they have to follow certain rules mm -hmm. and those rules uh, depend on the facts in each case and there are uh, in the irs on the irs website in, in all the irs paperwork their official forms there's checklists you can go through mm -hmm. and check each uh, box and say do i qualify as an independent contractor or not and i would say for the most part, most chiropractors would not actually qualify as an independent contractor uh, based on these sort of ideas. The general rules that the individual uh, is an independent contractor if they have the right to control and direct the result of the work they do and how it will be done and when it will be done. That would typically be an independent contractor, but we know that's not the case. We know that a young chiropractor wants a job. Yeah. Um, they're looking for a place to work and they answer a classified ad. And we know that many chiropractors that are employing uh, young chiropractors have creative ways of employing them <laughs> for lack yeah, of better words. For sure. And so it's like, then they, they want the job. The, mm -hmm. the young chiropractor wants the job. Uh, it's, there's usually other mitigating circumstances like their student loan clock is ticking and they need to start working within a certain number of months. They want to live in a certain area. They've, they've had an eye on a certain type of job. So they're willing to jump in without doing this negotiation here uh -huh. and not knowing that they have any power to negotiate. And unfortunately they probably don't have much power to negotiate. These business owners will probably just say kick rocks kid and I'll find somebody else who will work for me the way I want them to work for me. So yeah, that's a very unfortunate situation. Let me take a break from the podcast for a minute, and I want to discuss my clinic, Health Fit Chiropractic and Sports Recovery, Boca Raton, Miami, Florida. We got two offices, and we just redid our site. We hired John Morrison and his team at Get Clear Sites to give us a great look, a clear message, compelling content. And, you know, I just love working with John, and, and I know many of you do as well. Uh, John specializes in working with chiropractors, and he's got great pricing packages for all budgets. John promised me that if you mention the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show, or MCM, he will give you a great deal on your new site. So take a look at get, getclearsites.com and schedule a demonstration of their amazing platform. You won't regret it. It's user-friendly, looks amazing, and just is going to be a game changer for your practice. Um, and that's so for... They just walk into these things and they have to take them. And they have to eat this uh, poop sandwich. Yeah, it's exactly right. And that's part of what, you know, you and uh, a few other docs are getting together for this support collaborative to start having these discussions because it's kind of a two-way thing. It's like we're trying to educate the young docs, but we're also trying to, uh, you know, let the older docs know, like, look, we're really trying to change the narrative of this. And, and we're hoping that we, as a uniformed uh, professional understand the, the rules and regulations of this. And, and you hit it on the head is like a lot of the times it's a power dynamic that uh, there's way more associate or let's call it younger docs looking for jobs than there are owners offering legitimate well-paying uh, positions <laughs> it's uh, yeah and i don't want to refer to the young docs as slaves or anything but they're willing to be a a, a subservient in this system uh -huh. uh, not just because they need jobs so i don't want it to just be about that because the young docs are just as responsible in this relationship as the owners are Correct. um 
and, and I say young docs because these these owners wouldn't hire a uh, uh, an experienced middle-aged doc anyways they know they're too smart for this <laughs> no usually yeah you're, you're right like they, they know it's they won't to... even look at your resume they're like sorry not interested <laughs> like, we, we, we're in in their advertising they're always advertising yeah. we're really open to young doctors we yeah. we hire young doctors yeah of course you do yeah of course you do. and that's why um, it's it's one of the things where i think young docs have to understand it can be hard because you don't have the money to to tend not to have the money, but you want to get an attorney on your side to review yeah. this. And, and I think that's another thing that happens is like, well, I can't afford a few thousand dollars to have an attorney to, to look through this long agreement or whatever you want to call it. And so they just, you know, have their uncle read it and, <laughs> and, and, and they say, okay, yeah, let's sign on. Uh, and then back to this, like back to putting it back onto the responsibility of the young doctors. Um, this let's let's make this for a second about their skill base their their ability to acquire patients and then serve them is can be not as solid as it could be so they will be more likely to enter into these kind of contracts with somebody who can feed them easy patients uh -huh. and then take the punishment of having a severe cut on their worth Yep. In order, just please, just give me patience that I can see, so I can get some money. Mm -hmm. Instead of developing the skills they need to develop in order to uh, provide quality service, attract new patients, market themselves appropriately, and build their own base, so it, it becomes an indentured situation where you're actually disempowered because long enough down the timeline, you still don't acquire the skill of how to grow your own practice. Yeah, and it could be challenging. And you know, I've seen ones where they they'll do an onboarding of, okay, we'll pay you, you know, 3,500 a month for, for four months. And then after that, it goes to the pure split. So we'll give you some, you know, some runway to, to grow practice, but they're still an independent contractor and they're getting a set amount and they're being dictated to, and it's like, okay, that's not an independent contractor. Nope. They're not independent contractors. So in my scenario, mm -hmm. uh, we started making babies in our family and I just did not want to operate my own practice anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to work and just see patients uh, and be home at the end of the day and, and keep it kind of easy. And I entered into a 50-50 situation uh, where I was told I was an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. But day one that I walked in, I said, well, how do things work in this office? How are we, you know, the the standard operating procedures, they got, like how do we um, do photocopies and fax and send bills and and, and if there's another doctor involved, how do we, how do we get them to involved in the communication, the referral system, all that. Mm -hmm. And the office manager said, well, they're all your patients. You're, you know, you treat them however you'd like. Mm -hmm. But then a couple seconds later, she paused and said, well, they're all the owner's patients, but you can treat them however you want. And that was day one. I said, oh my goodness, I am not in an independent contractor situation. Yeah. And it continually devolved from there. You will be Oh, next Tuesday, you will be over in this office, not in your normal office where you're trying to build a practice. You're going to practice over here because uh -huh. Dr. So-and-so's sick, so you got to fill in for him. Well, that's not an independent contractor. Yep. Or I don't, I do not want, you know, like setting up your patient flow. Like I don't want a new patient to start the day because if that new patient shows up late or there's some sort of issue with the patient, it can set up, it can break down the flow for the rest of the day. And they're like, yeah, well, we're putting in new patients for you anyways, wherever uh -huh. we want. It's mm -hmm. so not being able to control your schedule, yep. not being able to control the flow of your office, how you want to set it up, uh, mm -hmm. when and how you refer to people, whether you are forced to refer to uh, services in-house versus work for re referring them out of houses. Those are all independent contractor situations. 
Yeah. And even from like a marketing standpoint, you should be able to have your own practice name. Uh, oh yeah. That happened to me. That happened to me too. Once I set up my own Facebook page and, yeah. and started my own marketing, um, yeah. the owner of the business said, come on over to my house for a beer. Let's talk. And said, yeah. look, you can't be marketing your stuff because <laughs> it'll confuse people from my marketing stuff. Yeah. It's like, that's not an independent contractor relationship. Exactly. And that's the thing that I've, I've talked to a lot of chiropractors about from a marketing perspective. And they'll say, uh, you know, I'm a little hamstrung. I'm, I'm an independent contractor, but I'm not allowed to have my own website. I can't have my own Google, my business, my own web, Facebook, like all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, well, you're not an independent contractor then. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> and I, there is no exact test. So that's unfortunate. There's no exact test for independent contractor. Yeah. Um, here's my test. Mm -hmm. Do you pay rent? <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Do you pay rent? You're an independent contractor. Are you, do you have your own business license and your own, whatever it's appropriate for your state, an LLC, an S corp, whatever the thing is for your jurisdiction, the appropriate designation to assign you as a business. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times if you wanted to really make it clean is just the chiropractor would sublet it to the other chiropractor, right? Just like, okay, right. you know, X amount of, here's two, you know, it's $2,000 a month for rent every month. Same thing. You do your thing. I do mine. Obviously you would have an agree, like I've got a physical therapy group that rents for me. And there's some things in the contract where like, they can't be doing illegal shit out of my office. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that would be a null and void of the, of the contract and I can kick them out, but I can't dictate to them. You, Oh, you can't have a website or you can't have Google reviews for your own site, you know, all that stuff. So uh, a lot of times it could be a lot more cut and dry that way. That's the way it probably should be. Now those, those, <laughs> we go back to it. That doesn't work well for these business owners because they're actually trying to have an associate but pay them on an independent contractor basis. They do want to control you. They sure. do want to control your access. You know, it's just, it's not. Yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're really hoping like, Oh man, I hope this uh, guy or gal brings in 20,000 a month and I'm getting 10 K for doing nothing. And yeah. it's just like, Holy cow. Right. Like that's, that's a lot of money for a front desk person and a, uh, maybe a billing and maybe, and obviously a little bit of rent. So, uh, yeah, they don't they don't profit huge. Like in a fifty fifty split, the uh, that that owner is not taking fifty percent. There's still quite a bit of overhead in there, but yeah. they're making um, it, it's passive income more or less. You know, twenty percent, thirty percent passive income. Exactly. So yeah, again, I think you're right. That's a that's a whole other uh, podcast too. Is like that whole split thing where a lot of times the the associate or independent contractor thinks the owner's making a whole ton, a lot of money, but not when you start to calculate all the expenses and things like that. So it's not necessarily, um, you know, the split's not the issue. It's just, what are your, uh, what's your, you know, your relationship? Like you mentioned earlier, like what is the actual business relationship that's going on? And, and that's a great point. These relationships eventually sour no matter what. One of my quotes, I'm so quotable. <laughs> One of my quotes is always, uh, there is, there, there's never an associateship that lasts forever. You know, the, no, all associateships fail. And all these independent contractor situations, uh, typically some bad blood will develop. Either the, the quote unquote independent contractor will start making so much money that the owner's loving it, but the independent contractor starting to turn a little sour because of like, I don't need, you know, now I'm just giving away money to, to someone who doesn't deserve the money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or the 
or they underperform. And then this owner who's supposed to have no hand in the practice of the independent contractor whatsoever starts dictating things to them and starts sort of uh, bossing them around for lack of better words. Which is why I think one, one aspect I like is when there's a uh, kind of a cap, right? It's like, okay, we're going to do 50, 50, but if you start bringing in X amount per month, like, you know, we're capped, you take the rest. I've got my share as the owner and I'm not going to bludgeon you to death. Right. I think that can sometimes stave it off a little bit. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. So I, you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. Oh, my former uh, partner, before we were partners, uh, an, an MD, he's an independent, uh, sorry, an internal medicine specialist, and it was me and him in, a, in an office, and it started 50-50, which was an advantage to me and uh, an advantage to him because we were just getting started together. But as things evolved, we started negotiating because we negotiated well together, uh-huh. and I started at the end before the, the partnership, and then before dissolving that partnership, the conversation was... Um, how much is the space in the office staff and the, you know, copy paper and fax and internet, how much of that stuff am I spending? How much do I spend a month? How much does Bobby maybe in this office spend? And it was like X, like, okay, so X should be my rent plus 10%. Let's be nice. All right. You're working hard and you're offering me space. So let's do rent plus 10%. What is that number? Well, that number is Z. All right we will work this percentage 65% to me, 35% to you until X is met. And then everything's mine. Yep. Exactly. Paying rent. That's what it was. I was paying rent and then everything else was mine afterwards. And I like how you talked about that because you know, you should do kind of like a line item of what you're getting for this, right? Like all those things. And then maybe like if you're in a situation where you're able to have their exercise rehab tech person do the exercises with your patients, then yeah, you probably need to factor that in. Obviously front desk, if there's, if they're doing all your billing and there's a cost of that, like you, you want to know what the help you're getting is because yeah, if you went on your own, it would cost you a lot more for that type Absolutely. of stuff if you're not careful. So uh, almost, yeah, run it like a business, right? <laughs> as a, you know, as an independent contractor, you need to be fair too. These relationships have to be win-win. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It, as long as you get started on the right foot and actually it's structured the right way, right? <laughs> well, that's the problem. I mean, we're yeah. kind of speaking ideologically here, but the reality is what we mentioned it earlier. There are very few business owners where you're going to find who are going to be negotiable like this. It's, and most of the young docs are going to be so desperate to have a job, you know, and have a job in the town they love near their 
their significant other and these things we've talked about before, even on this podcast, it's like uh, people make decisions of where to practice on very emotional basis, not on business basis. And so they get caught in these situations. Well, I have to be near my, I have to be near a dog park and, um, and I, I need to be near a Chipotle and, and I need to <laughs> practice near my grandma. So I'm going to have to take this job right here. It's like yeah. the emotional things that happen when people buy cars and buy houses. It's like, well, I've, think it through. I'm going through it right now. It's like, we we're in the process of buying a house and we've really like, you know, pigeonholed ourselves in the two neighborhoods that we absolutely love. And so, you know, inherently, what does that do? Right. <laughs> it's narrows the amount of houses available. So you start to fall in love with things. It's like, uh, maybe not, really what you want to so yeah that's a that's a good point is is being too narrowed sometimes when uh, there might not be enough options uh, out there and so you got to got to be careful of that and so I wanted to kind of bring this around you know the, the support collaborative that we're doing we're really trying to open up the discussion with different things because yes one of the realities is is there's just unfortunately not a ton of well-paying uh, legitimate associateships. So we've talked about things like a group practice is kind of the idea, but then there's a whole bunch of other things that go under. I just interviewed Mark King about this and he's got a group practice that's not necessarily owned by all the members of this group. It's, uh, but it's working very well. And then, you know, independent contractors are having multiple ones if done right can be kind of a form of a group practice. Would you agree to that? Yeah, I've seen different models to this. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen um, the model that I'm in now is there's one chiropractor who owns the facility or mm -hmm. he, he he's the main leaser of the facility, the building and the equipment and all that. Yep. And then all the other professionals within this sort of urban work area mm -hmm. all rent out their own spaces. So within the space, there's uh, me, the chiropractor, there's massage, there's an athletic trainer. Uh, and um, I think there's a physical therapist too, that I, I don't see too often. We're all independent, but we're all in the same facility. Um, we don't pull any punches that we're all one unit. And that's the difference is that in group practice, you would, you would have more of a cohesiveness of one unit yep. versus a bunch of independent people. There's an exact formula for running a group practice. It's almost like a lost art right now, but there are people who are like Mark King and, and there are still some other practices that are really, really good at the group practice uh -huh. concept. And that, yes, there are some, it's just like a law firm, right? There are some partners that are owners and there are some of the attorneys that are still working their way up into partnership, right? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the narrative we're trying to have for sure. And, and that's, so I want to say like, if you are, if you're a young doc and you're in these uh, independent contractor scenarios, you almost take yourself out of the possibility of ever playing in that game whatsoever. Like you're, that's with this collaborative that we're talking about is a lot of these young docs are playing really small. Yes. They're playing just small enough that hopefully they can get a gig that'll pay their student loans and pay their house or their rent uh -huh. and get them a little scratch on the side to pay for an iPhone. But they're not playing big as business owners uh, or as we talk about the Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants. Uh -huh. like you, you need to eventually ascend to the point where you own a system or you're part of a system. But if you're just alone in an office by yourself as a lone wolf or you're working as an independent contractor for somebody else, you never get to really grow into that side of the, of the equation. You're always going to be kicked in the teeth by the IRS. He's either an associate or an independent contractor. Absolutely. Because the distinction needs to be made. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. The distinction no, needs perfect. to be made. If you're an independent contractor, you're self-employed, you own a job. Yeah. But if you are a business owner, uh, you own a system 
and the tax benefits there are tremendous versus being an independent contractor, which are the tax benefit, the, the tax liabilities are the highest. Which is part of the frustrating part for the owners out there that are doing this IC thing wrong. It's like, it's just greediness. You know, you're, you're, as a small business owner, you do have a lot of tax advantages. You don't need to go and take advantage of taxes as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're so they're small fish. Like for the most part, most chiropractors when in IRS terms are mm-hmm. pretty small fish. Like they're not going to come after yeah. these folks and then beat them up for abusing the independent contractor system. So they'll always sort of get away with it. Don't let me, that's not encouraging anyone to do it by any means. Yeah. Because uh, eventually, at one day, they can decide they just want to start uh, clamping down on on these types of practices, and they could at any moment. So yeah, but, yeah, it's taking advantage of a system, taking advantage of people. I don't, you know, taking advantage of a system is one thing. Taking advantage of people, I just can't tolerate. Yeah, it's frustrating. And then I ro- don't mind the dog there. It's uh, quarantine, <laughs> quarantine life, and podcasting from home. But um, you know, one of the things that's interesting too is I talked to some docs that uh, they were trying to get this uh, PPP money, right? And they were trying to get that and they realized like, oh, I don't really have as many employees as I thought. Right. <laughs> when they went to, you know, when they go to look at their payroll, it's like, oh shit. The true psychology of it, right? The true psychology is in their mind, they think you independent contractors are employees. That's the truth. They yeah. thought, they had already bought into the, this idea they're on their own that they were employing you. Yeah. But in reality, they'd been uh, not employing you and, and that backfired on them. It did because they could have had like $50,000 worth of PPP money and said they got 15, you know, or 20. So uh, they got bit a little bit there. But then on the other side, I think some of the sole proprietors had a tough time as well. Yeah. So. And, and, and I would like to go through and see if those sole proprietors actually had an LLC or an S Corp. Yeah. Uh, or if they were just into, if they were just self-employed. Uh, and that could have bit them in the end too. It could have, it could have, you know, and I think the, uh, the hard part about discussing independent contracting is that it is legal, right? It, it is state by state. I mean, it, we could have 50 different conversations probably about what it looks like. Uh, it's one of those things where it's pretty obvious when it's the wrong, right? Like when you start to educate yourself now, there might be little intricacies that they, that you need to look into. That's where like having an attorney helps, but there's some of the things we talked about are some of the big hitters, right? Like uh, it's, it can be pretty glaring when it's done wrong, but a lot of people are naive about it. The steps aren't that difficult though. And and the, the, the naivety on any side, either side, Whoever's being naive, that's on you. It's your responsibility. This is a pull up your pants, big, big boy, big girl time, right? Yeah. yeah. Like no one, no one is responsible. If they've ripped you off somehow, or you feel burned by a, a clinic owner, or if you're a clinic owner and you feel burned that the, the associate that, or the person you thought was an associate didn't give you the full value of what you were paying for, that's on you, your hiring processes and your selection processes. And you really can't blame anybody for it because you both entered into these situations and you got to be a better, smarter person about it. Unfortunately, we do not empower the young chiropractors to understand this stuff before they jump into these scenarios. Exactly. That's the same story over and over again about who's going to educate these folks to make the right proper business decisions. We're trying. So what I'm going to do to kind of wrap this up too is like, okay, as the owner out there listening to this, if you're doing it wrong, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Just 
make it right. Like you can make it right and, and, and do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And, and now Bobby, I want you to speak to the, to the younger doc that probably, that, let's just say they're in a potentially bad situation right now. Uh, what would you recommend? I mean, obviously maybe talk to an attorney, but what would you recommend uh, them do to sit down, you know, across from the, the owner doc and start this conversation without being too, you know, too accusational or whatever. But like how, how can you start that communication and try to do this right? First and foremost, definitely educate yourself before you walk into the room. So know what you're talking about before you go into this conversation with the owner. Um, second, mm -hmm. you can sit down and you can show them the facts. Now we know that communicating based on facts only is not a very effective way to communicate with somebody. You have to, uh, uh, communicate from an emotional standpoint as well. But if you show them that you understand the difference between an independent contractor and, and an associate, you can have this conversation. And if they're still willing to, or if they're not willing to listen after that, then you have to make moves. You have to do something. You can't just stay in the situation or you are a victim and yep. you're taking a victim mentality. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he's a rational conversation. Don't get uh, butt hurt. Yeah. I guess we can say that on this podcast. Yes. Don't subconsciously or even consciously sabotage the business or sabotage your opportunities. Uh, work hard, do your job, but then have this conversation on the side, like a true negotiator and a true business person. Yeah. You'll find that um, a lot of these guys and gals that own practices would like to work their way out of these problems as well. They don't want to do it the wrong way. Sometimes this is just the way they learned how to do it from other people. Exactly. Don't be accusational about it. Not all owners are like doing this. Uh, and we might've made it seem that way. Not all of them are doing it out of uh, just ruthless aggression, right? <laughs> uh, some of them right. just, just didn't honestly know any better. And they just, that's what they did and they didn't uh, know the rules. And, and so just try to have that conversation. Yeah, most of them aren't making a ton of money off of you. Like the difference between you and, being an independent contractor and associate, they're not like buying boats from that yeah, and, and all that for them. The difference is the ability to have one more staff member or, um, you know, a little bit more room in the overhead room for comfort and for movement, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Cool. I mean, I, obviously we could talk about this for a long time and there's a ton of little intricacies. skis. I think we don't, Hey y'all knock it off, man. Get it right. That's get all it, we got to say. Get it right. If you think you're doing it wrong, figure out what it is, talk to an attorney, obviously within your state that knows your state rules and, and get this, uh, get this corrected. Cause I think this is a big step for a lot of people, owners and younger docs and have your accountant on your side. So let them know what's going on here and they can, the accountant can also be an advocate for you and request the proper information on a 1099 from the owner so that you don't have to yourself. That's a good point. Okay, what was the actual gross income here? Not what was taken after the split. Perfect. And we'll end on that note. Thank you. Sweet. That was great. Before you go, this is Kevin again. I want to invite you to our new website, modernchiropracticmarketing.com. It's the same URL as before, but we completely revamped it. Uh, we've got a really well-developed blog on there now where we've got guest contributors and myself putting blogs on there at least a couple times a month and good information. We've got the podcast on there with the links to download it, but also each show now has very well-developed show notes links 
and the transcript in it so you can get all that information there if there's anything you heard on the episode it's all found right into there so we've got a nice uh, podcast section for it and then also you'll see on the home page we've got some other ways you can uh, get the content from us obviously there's a podcast I really encourage you to subscribe uh, there's also you can request to join the free Facebook group that is also called the modern chiropractic marketing uh, group and that is free and request to join you do have to be a chiropractor there's a couple questions you'll answer but a lot of good information there so we'd love to have you inside there Uh, next we have the chiropractic success academy which you can enroll in uh, for many parts of the year you have to join a wait list and then we do we open it up the next time it's being open is uh, in october of of 2019 and so if you're hearing this uh, now uh, just join the wait list we'd love to have you inside there and then lastly um, there is some one-on-one coaching which we're calling uh, the MCM mastery and that's because I am helping you master the principles of the uh, of what we discuss uh, in all the you know the, the podcast the Facebook group and giving you a clear path to implementing this in your practice and ultimately optimizing it and automating it making your your practice predictable as far as uh, cash flow and so there'll also a lot be a lot of business uh, coaching and accountability Uh, presently that is filled I have a limited amount of people I can help out and I want to make sure that when I am helping out chiropractors one-on-one I can give them my full attention so I had to cap it at a certain number but feel free to fill out the form request uh, do spots do open up and so you can ask me and i'd love to have you if there is a spot there so check that out and uh, i hope you find this website and especially the content aspect of it that we develop uh, very useful for you my, my goal always is to uh, provide you with as much free information as possible and uh, and we could take it from there if you need the dots to be connected a little bit more that's why we have the chiropractic success academy and the mc in the mcm mastery talk to you next episode